Hello, star babes, and welcome back to another episode of Starstruck Radio. My name is Rena. I am your host. I'm the creator, the head astrologer behind Starstruck Astrology, which is a sub brand underneath Urban Buddha, where we talk about all things spiritual healing, shadow work, self discovery, and more, specifically through the lens of astrology. This podcast series is all about diving into all the technical details of what the hell is happening in the sky, while also making so much room to really explore what that means for our human experience, what that human experience looks like, how we can clear more shame from the real human experience of these transits, and just surrender to the becoming that the movement of the stars is really facilitating for us. I'm so excited to dive into this week's episode. Before we get started, I would absolutely love if you took a moment to leave a five-star review on this podcast and leave a little love note about why you like it. If you've been listening, you know these five-star reviews really help this podcast to be discovered by more people, not only because the more ratings that this podcast has, the quicker it turns up in search or the more likely it is to be in say, the spirituality top charted podcast series. And also when you leave a love note, a little message with your five-star review, it really helps people who might be thinking about tuning in to understand what this space is all about and if it's worth a listen, if it's worth their time to try. So it helps so much to have your voice there as part of this podcast by leaving a review. And it really just provides me with so much inspiration, so much motivation. I know we shouldn't always have external things be the source of our motivation, but you know, we're human. (laughs) It's the reality and it really does just make me so excited. Every time an episode goes live, I'm like, it's like Christmas morning and I scroll down and I see if anyone left a review and what they said and how I can better this podcast, what I can lean into more to really make this the experience that you crave for it to be. So thank you so much for doing that. If you are not already, make sure you go over to Starstruck astrology at instagram sorry whoa totally just mixed up my words starstruck two underscores astrology over on instagram same thing on tiktok starstruck two underscores astrology that's where we can stay connected throughout the week i do a lot of questions i do a lot of polls i post a lot of affirmations and uh kind of written breakdowns of what we're experiencing day to day. So it's a great account to follow if you're listening to this episode, but during the middle of the week, you notice you hit a little bit of a slump and you want that resurgence of astrological support. Okay, with that, let's dive in to last week's energy. Actually, hold up. I have one more announcement. (laughs) I am so excited to be revamping the Starstruck newsletter, Starstruck Times. It used to be a weekly newsletter that was almost like a 
transcript of this episode, but just kind of in bullet point form. And I found it was really hard for me to keep up with, and I wasn't necessarily inspired when I came down to write it. So I'm completely revamping it. It is shifting to a monthly newsletter that will come out at the beginning of each Zodiac season. So the beginning of Aries season, the beginning of Taurus season, that's when you can expect this email to hit your inbox. In this email, I'm going to give you a list of all the need-to-know transits and dates for that sun season. After that, I'm going to show you through my chart what it looks like to work with these transits in your chart. From there, I give you a ritual recommendation, and this ritual recommendation will be exclusive to the newsletter. Only people who are subscribed to the newsletter will get this starstruck ritual recommendation. So make sure you subscribe so that you can get that really like step-by-step hands-on instructions for embodiment when it comes to tuning in to the astrology. From there, at the end of every newsletter, I'm going to include a little lookbook, a little mood board. You all know I love fashion and self-expression and aesthetics and style so much. I do have a 12th house Libra moon. I can't lie. So the end of each newsletter will end with a lookbook for the season. What sweat suit you need for Taurus season? What candle I'm completely obsessed with that's going to carry you through Taurus season with the most immaculate smells and vibes as you journal and rest? Okay, so I'm so excited for this revamp. It feels really good because it just feels more aligned. There's there's passion when I think about that newsletter and it's just going to have such a supercharged energy and I cannot wait for you to dig in. Okay, Now, (laughs) let's dive in to what the hell happened last week. Before we go into this segment, I love to pause for a moment and just invite you to reflect. What were your experiences in the last week? What emotional states did you go through? What serendipitous things unfolded? Where did you feel really good? Where did you feel really bad? (laughs) let yourself just review and as always i think it's so powerful to literally pull up your calendar and go to last week's schedule flip open your journal and find the pages from last week maybe scroll through your text messages down 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 until the ones that you sent last week and see what what was moving what was happening for you as for the transits of last week we did not have any quote-unquote major transits in the sky there was no major moon no planet changed signs there was no significant retrograde the sky was quiet which was really really needed (laughs) like struggling to even find the word Because all of March has been an absolute storm of transits and energy changes. And not necessarily a bad storm, just a storm. Saturn changed signs. Pluto changed signs. Mars finally left Gemini after it has been there since August. I mean, that's just to name a few that I can remember off the top of my head. 
it was as if we were in the middle of an ocean during a massive storm. And then this week, we suddenly dropped into a new state where we were on a serene, placid lake. (laughs) It was such an energy switch of being able to just absorb and process what we have been moving through all of March. And in looking forward to this, when I was recording the episode last week, I was super, super excited for this stillness because I knew that we just needed time to process an embodiment. When looking at the aspects and the conjunctions, I knew that this week still had, or last week still had unique and dynamic energy in store for us. But I knew it was going to vary person to person just based off of how they had been integrating the shifts of March so far. And what really surprised me as I saw this very common theme experience of sleepless nights, kind of funky dreams, and then during the day feeling very high energy and not feeling grounded at all. I noticed this amongst so many people, myself, friends, roommates, those of you that messaged me, (laughs) the energy of this week was high energy and ungrounded. And we experienced that even in our sleep. And when I look as to why that was the experience, I think it's just a matter of like dropping from, you know, that stormy ocean to a placid, serene lake is a significant energy shift. And we felt all of this high energy and all of this ungroundedness probably earlier in March too, but there was so much in our face. We were processing so much real time. And it was only until this past week where nothing was right there in our nose, where we, where we could actually check in to our larger energetic body and be like, whoa, it's different here. There's been a shift. There's been higher energy that's come in. There's been more energy that's come in. And now, now, okay, I'm craving some grounding. I'm craving some grounding. Everything's slowing down and I'm realizing my feet are off the ground. I'm ready to plug them in. So not only was the experience of last week because of just this kind of sudden drop we had, but it is also because not only is it Aries season, it's the astrological beginning of the new year. It's a fire sign. It's a cardinal sign. It's very high energy. Not only is the sun in Aries making it Aries season, but we also have Chiron, Jupiter, Vesta and Mercury. And so there is a lot of Aries energy. There is a lot of fiery energy. There's a lot of cardinal initiation energy. We are quite literally zooming 
and our feet are off the ground. It's like the visual I'm getting right now is, you know, when you look at a flame and there's the candle wick and then the fire, you you can't really see where the fire connects to the wick. There's like this space of air and then the flame is blue, orange and red. But there is this zone where the fire is almost clear. The fire is very ungrounded in nature. That's why it spreads so fast, because it works off of air. And so with all of these planets in Aries, we are almost like levitating throughout our lives, just zooming, new energy spreading like wildfire. I think that in combination with Pluto now being in Aquarius versus Pluto and Capricorn. I mentioned this in last week's episode, I believe. But with Pluto and Capricorn, that's Pluto in an earth sign. And so transformation moves by leaning into more like resistance. Whereas Pluto in Aquarius, an air sign, transformation happens in our mind. You know, transformation happens fast. Transformation cre- can create a whirlwind, it can create a tornado. And then combine that with all of the Aries energy, all of the fire energy. It's just this rapid, massive transformation. And ultimately, I do think it's really good. I know this past week felt a little overwhelming for myself at times, but I was able to catch myself. And I'm curious to hear how you all were, if you were able to catch yourselves or if you got a little overtaken by all of the air and fire energy. But I noticed I was able to catch myself by letting myself witness what was happening. There would be days where, you know, I would wake up super late and then like wake up super late and hop immediately onto a call. And then right off the call, kind of like stumble out of the room super high energy from the call and then like just pour out a page and a half of journaling and then go back and hop on another call and then come back and add another sentence and then kind of putz around and be like should I eat should I clean should I keep working should I leave the house and just like I noticed I if I was spinning out it's because I was asking myself a lot of questions Rather than directly meeting my needs, making sure I was taking care of myself, keeping my environment clean, my, my stomach well-fed, and then letting the impulse move through me. When I let the impulse move through me, that is when I felt like my best self this week. And I felt like there was a lot of transformation available for me this week. I felt like a lot of my growth was getting wings this week. So we talked about, you know, last week's energy and why it was the way it was because of the Aries conjunction, because of this kind of like energetic drop from having all of this stuff happen to having no transits in the sky to Pluto being in Aquarius and us still getting used to that type of transformational energy. I want to call out a few more nuanced transits that I think also contributed to this overall consensus of the week of having really high energy, but really not feeling grounded and having that affect our sleep patterns. 
the first one I want to point out, and I think this is the most influential one, why, why we felt this way, was Venus conjunct Uranus. Uranus, and that, that was in the sign of Taurus. Uranus is transformation, sudden shocks, changes, unexpectedness, rebel energy. Uranus is spontaneity. And so with Venus conjunct Uranus, it's, it's this gracefulness and spontaneity. And then vice versa, Uranus is adding spontaneity to, to Venus. So Venus is bringing grace to Uranus. Venus is bringing grace to spontaneity. We're experiencing the higher qualities of Uranus because Venus's presence is there. And vice versa, Uranus is spicing up Venus. <laughs> And it was really one of those weeks where it's like, ha, you think you have a plan? <laughs> oh, how cute. Do you have an agenda? Oh my gosh, you have stuff you want to get done today. <laughs> That's cute. And what I found this past week is that we really had to release the agenda, but still be honest about what our priorities were. That's what this week was. It was a mirror for us to really see what are our priorities. When, you know, our focus gets totally tilted off center, what do we still come back and prioritize in our lives? And if this past week, you know, was high energy and ungrounded, but still really good for you, I would take that as a sign that like your priorities, your actual life priorities, your day-to-day priorities are pretty well aligned with your soul priorities, with your growth priorities, with your large vision priorities. And if this week was high energy and ungrounded and you felt like you just got tossed around and you're kind of maybe a little disappointed This is an incredible opportunity for you to look at the way you operate in your day-to-day life and take a hard look at what you think your priorities are and what your priorities actually are. And letting that redirect you so that you can get in a stronger connection to that true Venus energy, that self-worth, that leisure, that luxury work being something you pour your soul into because it's meaningful, right? This Uranus conjunct Venus is spontaneity, is unexpectedness, is the untamable, so that we can really drive with that vision of what we value, drive with that vision of what we prioritize, what we find worthy and knowing that we ourselves are worthy of showing up to it regardless of the weather. The literal weather, the astrological weather, the internal weather. If your priorities and your values are you know, proficient and anchored in, they're going to show up no matter the weather. And that's a huge lesson of Venus being in Taurus. Venus is at home in Taurus. And when Venus is in Taurus, it gives us this reminder of being headstrong about what we find valuable and knowing that 
if we truly, truly are placing value in it, it will be there. Taurus is that fixed sign. It will be there. It will be there. Two other kind of nuances I want to point out in the chart. We have Mars trine Saturn. Mars has been trine Saturn since the spring equinox. And when when two planets are trying each other, it means that they are 120 degrees apart from each other in the sky, and it's a very harmonious placement. So Mars is sending good energy to Saturn, and Saturn is sending good energy to Mars. I'm really watching this placement because both Saturn and Mars recently changed signs. Mars moved into Cancer, Saturn moved into Pisces. They're both in water signs right now, and they're sending each other harmonious act energy. So the way we take action is supporting the new structures we're building. And the new structures we are building are supporting the way we take action. That trine will exist, that harmony will exist until Taurus season, April 20th. So that's where like we're we're just getting this flow. Things in our life are starting to unwedge. For example, like I had my last day teaching at a yoga studio where I teach here in LA. That unwedged itself, you know, new structure supporting my new way of taking action. We also have the sun trying Lilith. So the sun is sending harmonious energy to Lilith. Lilith is sending harmonious energy to our sun, our core radiance. We are getting so in touch with our desires. And this is a really nice aspect in the sky to have alongside Venus and Taurus. Because Venus and Taurus is like, hey, hey, this is what you value. Are you prioritizing it? And then Venus, excuse me, Sun, trying Lilith, is giving you this energy of like, yes, I want that. You're right. I haven't been prioritizing it as much, but I want it. I want it. I'm going to exude it. I'm going to be it. I'm going to prioritize it. it. I'm going to become it. And so they, they're playing off each other in this way. So an interesting synopsis of last week because there was so much nuance that was happening without much actually happening. And I know for me personally, I just felt really uplifted. I felt really good. It felt like I just came out of like a cold plunge, you know? And I was like, whew, okay, we're in it. We're alive. We're doing the things we love. I'm connected to what what makes me feel whole and loved and empowered again which feels very good. And there's a lot that's transforming all around me and all within me. I just, I feel the energy turning. I feel the lack of groundedness, which is a little um, shocking at times, but I know it is this divine bliss because it's allowing the energy to move in the way that it is. Okay, moving into next week. What is up next in the universe? On Monday, April 3rd, Mercury enters Taurus. So we're going to get this influx of a little bit more grounded energy. However, Mercury creates this interesting square to Pluto. 
in Aquarius. Squares are when planets are 90 degrees away from each other in the sky and they're kind of mad at each other. <laughs> they're kind of frictional. There's some there's some shade going on and this like friction, this agitation can build up, but when we can accept that friction, there's this instantaneous click that happens. It's it's like when two people who are kind of fighting finally find common ground and then suddenly they're besties. <laughs> That's how I describe um, squares. Square, squares are frenemy energy. That's for sure. Anyway, so on Monday, April 3rd, Mercury enters Taurus. It creates this frictional square to Pluto. So it's we like Mercury and Taurus, but it, it gets weird pretty right off the bat. And then... Towards the end of the week on Friday, Mercury enters its shadow period for our next retrograde. Dun, dun, dun. Which, if you have not been around here for long, I love Mercury retrogrades. I live for Mercury retrogrades. My best friend and I have this joke that like we love chaos and like we are our best selves in chaos and just like bring on the chaos. And that that's part of she's a Scorpio sun, I'm a Scorpio rising. We think it's our Scorpios talking. But um Mercury retrogrades really are this amazing opportunity to pull up the rug and see what shit you have stuffed underneath that thing and air it all out to actually be aligned moving forward. So yes, we are entering a Mercury shadow period on Friday, but we're excited about it over here at Starstruck. Okay, but not getting too far ahead of myself. So Mercury enters Taurus on Monday, April 3rd. Mercury and Taurus in general, I mean, I'm a little bit partial because I have Mercury and Taurus in my chart. But Mercury and Taurus tends to be pretty profound in the things that that it says, in the way that it speaks. Mercury and Taurus is philosophical in that it's curious, it's connected to this kind of Venetian essence of understanding beauty and abundance, but also work and priorities and values but it's grounded. And I've noticed that Mercury and Taurus is able to be really poignant with complex topics. And it was so fascinating. I had a client, a one-to-one client earlier this year who had Mercury and Taurus, and it was so cool to experience that energy in someone outside of me. And just the way she was able able to capture complex things in a grounded single sentence was amazing. Was amazing to witness. Was amazing to experience. Um, and and I really do enjoy Mercury and Taurus. Mercury and Taurus can be pretty. I don't want to say blunt. It's not necessarily blunt, but there's this strong standard with it. And I can share, for example, with my own Mercury and Taurus, I can write a really good email. (laughs) I can write a really good email. I am not in the corporate world anymore, but throw me back into the corporate world and have me type out emails that 
are, you know, complex, but need to communicate something in a short way. And I'm there, I can do it. So it's Mercury and Taurus has this, this grounded factor to it. However, Mercury and Taurus can be headstrong. That's good because Mercury and Taurus is really good with setting boundaries, really good with setting boundaries. But with Taurus being a fixed sign, Mercury and Taurus can get stuck in the way that we see the world. It can get stubborn about what we believe and what we want to say and what, what should have been said. So Mercury enters Taurus, which typically is very profound, philosophical, and poignant with complex topics. But since it is entering its shadow period on Friday and forms this frictional square to Pluto and Aquarius, right away, we're being challenged to embrace the profound, embrace the poignant parts of Taurus but really, really take a hard look at where we are being too headstrong in the way that we see the world, in our communication. Where are we being too fixed with the way that we are operating? From there, on Wednesday, we have the full moon in Libra full moon in Libra. And this is also a strong Venetian energy because Libra is another zodiac sign that is ruled by Venus. So we have all this energy in Taurus, Venus in Taurus, Mercury entering Taurus, the North Node and Uranus are in Taurus. And then we have this added Venetian energy of the full moon in Libra. And Libra and Taurus are the two zodiac signs that are ruled by Venus. I'm excited for this full moon in Libra because Libra is all about balancing. Libra is about bringing levity to situations. Libra is about justice and being in harmonic, 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 harmonic relationship to other. It's a really gorgeous energy. And I do think this full moon is going to be an especially strong one because not only have we had all of these wild energetic shifts in the last month, and not only was this last week so fiery and airy, and not only do we have all these planets moving into Taurus challenging us to release headstrong energy, but this full moon is directly opposite Chiron. There's a direct opposition, like zero degrees, right on the money, opposition to Chiron, which is the wounded healer. So during this full moon in Libra, we are really getting another perspective from all of the ego healing that we have been doing with Chiron and Aries. And when I say another perspective, I mean, we've been sitting with Chiron and Aries and, and feeling the intensity of our ego dropping, right? Our ego burning away, our ego being asked to be burned away. But now we are working with this Chiron energy on Wednesday night from the opposite side of the sky. We get to sit in the Libra energy and look across the chart 
at Chiron, at the wounded healer within us, and, and see how we've moved, see what's shifted. I'm very excited for this full moon in Libra. It's, I have a moon in Libra, and this full moon would be in my 12th house. So full moons, new moons in Libra are always just a very spiritual, meaningful time for me. I'm very much looking forward to this on Wednesday night. Technically, the full moon is Thursday morning, um, but I would say it's, it's like right around midnight. So I would say do your rituals Wednesday night. Okay, diving into Thursday, April 6th, we have Mercury exactly conjunct the North Node. So the planet of Mercury is right on top of the North Node. This is the same day that Venus ends its conjunction with Uranus. And if you remember, Venus conjunct Uranus is one of the aspects in the sky that last week gave us this really like high energy but ungrounded energy. Sleepless nights, but feeling motivated. Feeling motivated, but struggling to actually get our hands physically physically on it. So that ends on Thursday, right around the time of the full moon. And when that ends, Mercury is exactly on top of the North Node. And so we are being asked, like I said earlier on Monday, we're being asked to lean into the style of communicating, the style of seeing the world, all of these Mercurian themes that we want to lean into, that we want to become. So on Monday, it was, okay, this is where I'm being a little too headstrong. This is where I'm being a little bit fixed in my beliefs and the way I see the world. And then come Thursday, post the new moon, it's like, all right, that's clearing. That's been cleared, or at least it's clearing. What do I want to step into in its place? Is it more worthiness? Is it seeing more beauty? Is it having more compassion and understanding even while setting boundaries? And the reason why I really wanted to talk about this Mercury conjunct North Node is because we are about to start eclipse season. It's happening at the end of April. And we have been in the eclipse cycle of Taurus and Scorpio since fall 2021. This spring It is our last time with the eclipses in Taurus and Scorpio. This is significant, significant. And of course, we will dive way more into it closer to the eclipse. We don't need to worry about eclipses now. We're not there yet. But with Mercury conjunct the North Node in Taurus, it is this this time to really check in of Okay, we've had all of this karmic transformation, this karmic release and these karmic lessons in the themes of Taurus and Scorpio since November 2021. Now that we've been through all of that and we're coming to a close, it is our last semester of Taurus and Scorpio eclipses. What do you want to lean into? It is as if you were graduating high school And someone was like, what do you want to be? 
What, what do you want? Who do you want to be? And I don't mean job. Who do you want to be in the world in this next chapter? How do you want to show up now that this is coming to a close? And I'm really, really excited to sit in reflection with that because eclipses are ooh, big, 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 big. And they can be overwhelming and they can be intense. But taking these moments, especially at this special moment towards the end of this eclipse cycle, to, to recognize everything that you've released and like how, what lessons you want to bring forward with you, what karmic lessons you want to bring forward with you, that is the opportunity on Thursday when Mercury is exactly conjunct the North Node. The last thing I'll say about eclipses, and and like I said, we will dive way more into this when we get closer to eclipse season, but the last thing that I want to say about eclipses is that we have been in eclipses between with the south node in Scorpio and the north node in Taurus. And if you haven't noticed already in this episode, there's a ton of planets in Taurus right now, and there's a ton of planets in Aries Guess where the North Node is moving next? Aries. And so we have this concentration of planets and energy between Taurus and Aries right now. And as the universe always does, it is this gorgeous baton toss for the North Node to move into Aries. Whatever is happening in Aries right now, it is prepping and priming us for the North Node entering, for the karmic lessons entering the Aries chat (laughs) and leaving the Taurus chat, the karmic lessons in Taurus ending. In the same way, directly across the chart, the South Node has been in Scorpio. The South Node is going to move over to Libra, which is so nice that we, we have this Libra full moon. It's going to prep and prime that zone for the South Node. It's really this incredible setup that is warming us up for the karmic transformation to come. And with the North Node in Taurus, we have been learning karmic lessons around our worth, our finances, our work, our groundedness, our grace, our boundaries. When the North Node enters Aries, we are leaning into karmic lessons, a karmic path on our ability to initiate, to take action, to approach, to lunge, to, sh- to, to lean, to take accountability for the ego and really work our identity in a way that empowers us to put ourselves first, to honor our individuality. And of course, based off of where Taurus and Aries rule in your chart, it's going to add this secondary nuance to it of where you're being asked to grow in your life. But everything that has been happening, all of these energy shifts are really facilitating the pass off 
of this karmic release, of these karmic lessons that are upcoming towards the end of April. The last thing I want to talk about with the week coming up is that on Friday, I mentioned it, Mercury enters its pre-shadow period. How interesting that Mercury enters its pre-shadow period when it's conjunct the North Node. I definitely see significance in that. This Mercury retrograde in Taurus is very much like, I know I always give this analogy of school, I don't know why, but Earth school, I guess. But Mercury retrograde in Taurus is this final exam of like, what have you learned here during the eclipse cycle from from fall 2021 to now? And let's do one last round of intensives to get all that dust, all that shadow up and visible so you can actually reclaim it and then move on with it integrated. Move on with that just part of who you are, you know, embodied. On Friday as well, we have Neptune opposing series. If you remember from some of the episodes in the past few months, Ceres is this asteroid that relates to nurturing. But it is very also related to attachments. And while Ceres is retrograde in Virgo, we are getting more in tune with our specific needs. Neptune opposing Ceres is going to have us either have this spiritual experience with our needs or almost have like a a bad trip and make us snap back into our needs. It's either going to be this euphoric experience of, wow, this is what it feels like to have my needs met in this deeper way or, oh my God, how did I get here? Wow, I really got to check in with, with my needs. Ooh, all right. So that is what is happening in the sky. There is so much gorgeous energy moving. I really love the pace of the transformation right now, the availability of the energy right now. There's so much energy online and open to change. And if you can let yourself really lean into these lessons of Taurus now. It's going to set you up so strongly to close out this final eclipse in Taurus with with a bang, with alignment. So I can't wait to hear how this episode resonated with you. I know so many of you this week, especially, were just really looking forward to this episode. Um, to, to get language in terms of what your experience of this past week was. And I can't wait to hear what resonated, what made you go, aha, what gave you new clarity, what maybe challenged you, what triggered you. I, I want to hear all of it. So if you have not already, a reminder, leave a five-star review, leave a little love note with it. You can take a screenshot, share this episode on your stories, tag starstruck to underscores astrology. And of course, if you want to learn more, please book a birth chart reading. They are the most transformative experience. I have not given a single birth chart reading where we, both of us, me and the client, don't leave completely activated because it is a 
It is a process of sitting down and seeing yourself, of understanding yourself, of getting new language for yourself, of finding this acceptance of, oh my God, I'm not crazy. There is a reason why all of this is happening. And having that catalyzes so much confidence, so much embodiment, and so much transformation. So you can book a birth chart reading. I have a lot of resources coming forward in Starstruck in general. Full moon rituals, new moon workbooks, Mercury retrograde intensive. There's so much on the docket. A Saturn return membership. There's so much coming. I am just taking my time to let it land to get organized and stay tuned. I'm not going to plug anything other than the birth chart readings because I think that is in this moment the best place for you to land. And when all of the other things are ready, I cannot wait to have you there. I'm so sorry if you can hear those sirens in the background too, but I don't know. Part of the energy. All right, loves. I will see you next week.